We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, guys. It's Vlad Harrison of the Panther Ants Podcast. Yeah, you probably heard some uh, yacht rock music there in the beginning. Well, I hope you didn't, but if you did, eh, oh well. It's Monday as we dread that commute back. You know, here it's uh, 74 degrees and sunny in Houston right now, barring any rain that's going to come through. In fact, it seems we've been getting a whole bunch of rain lately. But, anyways. Well, there's not much really to talk about or say about what happened Saturday. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you got a, got a lot of it off your chest already, or on Twitter at least. Like I said on uh, Thursday's podcast, I said, you know, Pitt's going to have to come in here and take care of business and be done. Get out, you know. Go to Chapel Hill, beat the crap out of these guys, especially in the first half, like they have been. Second half, not have a repeat what they've been having pretty much all season. You know, bury them much deeper. Or just burn the boys and piss on them. Whatever, whatever works. And unfortunately, we got none of that on Saturday. None of it at all. In fact, pretty much, you know, when you watch, when I start watching a game, I pretty much, you know, just like any pit game, you already know how the game's gonna go. So, Pitt obviously had the first drive. They moved the ball. Pickett takes a bad sack. We piss the drive away. North Carolina gets the ball. And, of course, they're able to move the ball. And it just seemed Pitt's defense was sluggish. Didn't know what the hell to do. And couldn't tackle, couldn't finish plays. And, of course, that drive actually should have ended early. But Pitt couldn't finish on a tackle, and they got a first down. And at the, in the end, they scored. And before you know it, it's 20-21 at halftime, and we have a shootout. But Pitt had some momentum, actually, towards the end of that first half, because they actually started uh, pressuring the quarterback, and things happened, amazingly. I mean, it was 21-14, and Pitt, you know, tied it, and of course, got the lead before halftime, and you know, which was key because North Carolina got the, got the, gets the ball opening kickoff. 
but they couldn't put their opponent away as North Carolina made adjustments in the second half. Like I said in the podcast, I felt that North Carolina was going to probably force, basically force Kenny Pickett to win this game, and which is what happened because on pass plays, it just seemed like our blocking just um, our blocking really was pathetic. I mean. Pickett always had guys in their faces. I'm, I know he's going to look at the tape or whatever. Because, I mean, he seemed frustrated after every game. Because he, he said it felt like every time he you know, got the ball, there was somebody in his face. And he had to go look at the film. And, obviously, the kid's frustrated. I mean, I would be, too, if you guys, if, you, if, you, if your line's blocking like shit. But, you know, run blocking, we seem fine, but... Pass blocking, not so much. And when we can't throw the ball, we can't run the ball. But uh, yeah, North Carolina would eventually tie it, and of course, we fumbled the kickoff, and pretty much it was downhill from there. The ACC of fishing obviously didn't help much because I don't know what it is about North Carolina in general. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not sure what it is about about ACC officials, with like, especially with Duke of North Carolina. I mean, it's not like these guys are, are Michigan and Ohio State in football. I mean, I mean, if you're going to rig some bad officiating, I mean, do it for like, do it for your more be- better programs like Florida State and Clemson. Although Florida State is, you know, a shell of its former self as of late. But overall, it was a bad weekend for the ACC, and we'll get into that here in a bit as we'll talk more pit here. So, uh, you know, if you've seen the stats. Obviously, North Carolina hasn't really managed many wins over P5 opponents, and they only, they only have two, and they're both against Pitt. This was obviously a win that uh, Larry Fedora really needed, but so did Pat Narduzzi for a lot of things. And, of course, Pat Narduzzi... Well, you saw what happened. Of course, Pat's supposedly a defensive guru. But, of course, you know, you can make the argument that Pat was... Pat's defense did really well at Michigan State because the Big Ten, for the most part, ran pretty much 1940s-style offenses. It wasn't until Urban Meyer came that, um, that uh, you know, Big Ten t- t- had to modernize themselves. Because the thing about Urban is, Urban, you know, Big Ten is a lot better than what it was, and obviously, you know, there's one guy talking, you know, Dan Wilkin, who who talked about the, you know, the, the collapse of the ACC, you know, because the ACC obviously is collapsing all of a sudden. You know, it was a very deep conference two years ago, but now all of a sudden it's a, it's a shitty conference. I mean, conferences don't generally collapse in one or two year spans. It's a gradual collapse usually, and we saw that with, big, with the Big Ten for a while. But uh, you know, Urban came in and he uh, pretty much modernized Ohio State a little bit with the times and as far as recruiting and you know offensive offensive playbooks go. And obviously, it forced the you know other other teams to upgrade a little bit. You know, Penn State obviously recruits a lot differently than what they did now. I mean, they're recruiting a lot more, you know, faster athletic players. 
and probably some players, a lot of Penn State players, I mean, not players, I mean, fans don't would, wouldn't really like in, in Joe's days. I mean, a lot, a lot of these guys that were they, they're probably landing is probably guys that Joe, Joe probably wouldn't recruit. And so, you know, if Joe don't like him, obviously these guys aren't going to like him either. But, uh, you know, winning, winning cures everything, and Penn State's done a really good job of that. I mean, if you look at if you look at uh, forty two thirty nine, if you look at how the direction both programs have went since that you know that pit win, Penn State obviously goes and wins the Big Ten. They've been obviously been on a hot streak. Pitt obviously has gone in a different direction, and it's very disappointing for us. I mean, we're all disappointed. You know, that's, I mean, after 42-39, Pitt, you know, they finished 8-5, and, and we beat Clemson as well. Things seemed pretty on the uphill, but our defense sucked that year as well. And for a guy who's supposedly a defensive guru, we've it seems like we've had issues with defense since he's been here. His first year, obviously, the defense wasn't bad. They were tough and physical, but it just seems like the defense has gone worse as years gone by. I mean, there was some. It's, I mean, there was some potential as the season went, as last season went, because we had better, you know, we had better quarterbacking towards the end of the season. But now we've got Kenny. Got a somewhat, you know, you know, serviceable quarterback. We can't really protect them now, and so it's just the same cycle as it as it was, you know, early last year. And this, and then from you know, like I said, with these, with, with the way the uh, the way Narduzzi is, we'll somehow stumble into a seven five finish winter bowl game for eight and five. And then all the positivity will come back all of a sudden. But I think, as far as the program goes, I don't think Narduzzi's really worried because he got his extension. He he'll be here for a little bit. I don't. I mean, I'm you know when when he was hired back then. I guess it was to get this program back on the map, so to speak, but it seems like we're still in that six, seven, eight win barrier, actually five wins now, as we're trying to prove on that, and, you know, I, I pissed on certain blogs because they said the pit would only be good for two or three wins, and they may be right, that's the sad part about it. But I mean, uh, they got Central Florida this week, and they're, and they're obviously they're the outside of the P five, and they're another they're a tough AEC opponent. They're no slouch. Last time Pitt played them was during the Wanstead era, and Pitt beat the crap out of them. But Central Florida was a much different program then. I think O'Leary, I think O'Leary may have still been their coach, but at the time, I think he was still building that program. I mean, eventually they eventually they went to a BCS game under O'Leary and won it. And Scott, you know, when he were, and of course when he stepped down, Scott Frost took over, 
and he uh, he picked it up. But as far as the season goes, is it over? Obviously not, because Pitt has eight games left. But this rest of the schedule isn't going to be easy. I mean, Syracuse used to be a, a penciled winner for us. Syracuse is a 4-0 now. They're kicking ass. So I'm not sure what else we can do, you know, say about this point. But uh, they got to do something here because we're figured out because they're, I mean, we're in week four of this crap right now. I mean, for some reason, this team can't finish games. And I think, I mean, Pat Narduzzi feels bad because these players work hard and I think a lot of ways. I think he's kind of saying that, you know, these players work hard, but they're not good enough. That's what I, that's what I think when he's implying when he's talking about these players. And, you know, and that's on him. He recruited these guys. But I think, you know, one thing that uh, their doozy may have uh, fumbled on is maybe his hires. He hired some of his buddies and you know, hiring your buddies is one thing, I mean, but they got to be good. <laughs> I mean, your buddies can suck at their jobs. That doesn't mean you still hire them, though. <laughs> they got to go somewhere else. Let them go somewhere else and get fired. But anyways, guys, to wrap it up, it was a disappointing game. They uh, didn't take care of business like they should have. You can't piss with a team like North Carolina, especially for Pitt. I mean, this is like their UConn. You know, they replace UConn on teams no matter how bad they are. We find ways to lose to them. And we found creative ways because, uh, you know, North Carolina didn't have their starting quarterback, and he's doing this on our defense. And, of course, Pitt loves the base 3-4, it seems. And I don't know. I mean, if you want a good uh, example of this, I mean, when I used to play NCAA Game Breaker 99 for the PlayStation. I'd use Pitt, and Pitt obviously, you know, their quarterback was P. Gonzalez in the game, which was awesome. But I mean, a lot of times those t- those teams on that game, the, the big the, the hack on that game to win, you know, the, the score touchdowns, is that teams would like on third down and long, they would they would lamp in a three four, or no four three. I'm sorry, their base. I would uh go in a shotgun and spread my receivers out and my slot receiver he would find a seam and and he would just run he'd run right through the lane for an obviously easy touchdown and that's kind of like what we're dealing with here but yeah another shitty weekend and of course, now we're, we're questioning the, our football future now with, uh, with Pat Narduzzi. And he just got an extension, and you know I didn't question extension because I thought that you know, things were turning around, even in the five, after five and seven season. But year four, he should be repeating all this crap, and unfortunately, fortunately, they are. I know we hired you know the guy was a lifelong assistant and. Obviously, there's going to be some time of learning curve sometimes when you're head coach, but 
I mean, he's... I feel like, you know, this is like the Paul Chris era over and over again. Alright. Enough of that. Because we'll just keep rambling about this over and over and over again. But over, overall, a disappointing performance. When you, you know, when you score 35 points, you should win a game. And, well... Pitt's defense is, you know, it's obviously still a work in progress. It's like PennDOT. Eventually we'll get it right. And I don't know. Okay, well, let's stop with that. Go through the rest of the games. Penn State obviously hammers Illinois. I, you know, I'm not sure if they're doing it for... I mean, Miles Sanders, I mean, the guy gets stronger game by game. And, you know, I talked to a Penn State buddy of mine and... I th- you know what, the, what he told me pretty much was there was a lot under under Joe to had to change and he said you know and like he said you know his uh, nephew obviously played for Joe and and for Bill O'Brien but he said there was a lot of stuff that ha- had to change in Paterno and that's he, that's why now he you know he said he doesn't really you know he's a little bit more rational he didn't care if, uh, that, that, that they fired Joe he said Joe needed to go a long time ago. And he said the time for him to leave probably would have been after the Orange Bowl back in 2005. Because he stayed on for too long and the program declined. And But, you know, Miles Sanders would have, fall, would have fallen under the profile typical Whippeal busts. And I just think, you know, the way their, their program is now, I think a lot of these kids aren't going to be as busts anymore. What they are. I'm sure they're going to have a few whippy old, few, few busts, but I don't think they're, it's going to be as frequent as before. Anyways, we'll stop talking about Penn State, but the game was close for the most part, but then Penn State's obviously a second-half team, and eventually, you know, James Franklin just decided to pour it all in, even though the game was already won, but that's that's just how he is, and that's just how Penn State does things now. So, I mean, it's not your typical uh, team under Joe anymore. A&M obviously got hammered by, the, by Bama, and I thought that game would be a lot closer, but A&M obviously has a way to go. Georgia had their little had their hands full of Missouri for a bit, and I watched that game for a while, and I think Missouri, a lot of self-inflicted stuff they did to themselves. It was, it was a shocker. And of course, something the Paul Johnson era has obviously done. I thought Tech would give Clemson a game because this was a, this was a desperation game for Paul Johnson. But I thought they would at least cover. I didn't think they even cover the spread. And it was a, but I think the spread was kind of small. But I had a feeling that the Tech would you know would give them some sort of a game. But Clemson just beat the crap out of them. All right, I'll be changing lanes. Army in Oklahoma. Obviously, that game went to overtime, and it was on pay per view, which means if you want to see a Sooners game, you had to go. You had to have some sort of pay per view to watch it, which I don't under freaking stand one one bit. I mean, we we lost on some good football because you know, well, stuff like this. That game should have been on you know at least at least a regional broadcast. Arizona State and Washington. Washington wins by seven, and I guess you can call that more more victory for Herm Edwards. 
But, um, anyways, flipping through the rest of these scores. Texas Tech smashes Oklahoma State. Nebraska beat the crap out of, um, I'm sorry, Michigan beat the crap out of Nebraska. Obviously, Scott Frost is going to have his hands full. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to fix Nebraska. It's hard. Because Bo Pelini, you know, did pretty well. And you can make the you can make the um, argument that maybe Penner Doozy's a low rent version of, of um, Bo Pelini because both of them are, are both of them are obviously mouth breathers. Love to run their mouth. Hot headed. But if, you know but uh Pelini, you know, got them back to where they need to be. It seemed, and of course, he uh, he clashed with the athletic director, and he ended up on the wrong side of the uh, you know the chopping block. And of course, uh, the the game of the night was Stanford and um, actually two really good games. The game of the night was Stanford and uh, Oregon, and Oregon put a big lead on them, and they blew it. And I'm sure that running back's gonna do. Has, is gonna live with that fumble the rest of his. No, not really the rest of his life. He's got the rest of. His, they still got a season to play, but you know they run out the clock and <clears throat> fullback tried to stretch for the first down. He had it, but a great heads up play by Stanford. Stanford's Bob, the defenders that knocked that ball loose, and uh, of course they went. They end up going to overtime, and defense just couldn't stop them. Then we had Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, seriously, this was an awesome game. If you love old-time football, fullbacks, tight ends, running plays, some play action here and there, physical defense, all that crap. You had Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, seriously, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna defect to another college football team. It's going to be either one of those two teams. Because neither one of them will ever win a national championship. But they'll 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 at least make things a little bit, bit fun for you because there's really no expectation because you know, you'll have no really no expectations. All you know is you'll have good physical football and and you'll just love it. And it was that was a really good game, and of course, I, you know, Wisconsin pulled out at the end. In the final minute at that, I mean, Wisconsin went enough, went to a four wide receiver set, and you know, they were able to uh, you know get the ball in the end zone, which was odd. You know, they did shotgun and you know four receivers. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa are always, are always two tough teams, and they're always gonna. It's, it's always gonna be fun watching them play. So that was that was my favorite game to watch. Was that there? I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, Kirk Ferentz and Paul Christ, tight ends, and you know, corn-fed linemen. I mean, all those blocking schemes and different ways to run the football. I mean, you gotta love it. It's awesome. So for me that was you know that was my that was you know my game of the night.
Although, you know, the Pac-12 has been putting out some really decent football. Some exciting football. I mean, there was a game, you know, Friday night as well. It was good. Uh, Washington State and USC. And, you know, Mike Price, you know, his teams are competitive. But he always finds a way to lose, you know, lose some interesting games. And he found way that way as well. All right, let's go around the ACC. We already, we already talked about Clemson Tech. Uh, Wake Forest fired their, their, their defensive coordinator after uh, Notre Dame dropped 56 on them. And, you know, Wake's, you know, Wake's defense has been bad. And Well, there you go. But it's Notre Dame. I mean, of course they're, they're going to score a lot of points on you. Uh, Virginia Tech and Old Dominion. And this is what really hurts Pitt because... The ACC Coastal, I thought, was going to be Tech and Miami. Then, then you know, after Miami got their asses kicked, uh, you know, by um, LSU, I kind of figured it was going to be just Tech. Tech got beat by Old Dominion 49-35. I mean, Justin Fuente got his ass, ass wrung out. And as I'm watching the game, you know, In the final uh, minutes, I'm wondering. I'm thinking to myself, Pitt really shot themselves in the foot because the Coastal was winnable this year for them. It's for the taking, but of course, we're going to probably find some creative ways to lose football games. And North Carolina, we found a creative way to lose lose this one. So, yeah, we're going to find creative ways to lose a bunch of football games this year, and we're not. And we're going to end up probably finishing second, third in the Coastal. And we may we may not even do that because Duke obviously is on a on a roll as well. But uh, yeah, the coastal's winnable, and there's no excuse for this cr- kind of crap. So there you go. So Tech's obviously beatable, but of course we can't beat a shitty North Carolina team. Miami you know, barely escapes for international. Boston College lost to Purdue. And Boston College just cracked the top 25. They were looking good, and they got smacked by Purdue. Louisville, Virginia. Virginia beat the crap out of Louisville. And I thought, and I, you know, I thought it would be a close game, and I, I had, had Virginia win this one, but this is actually a huge win for them because they keep going. But uh, you know, Louisville's replacing Teddy Bridgewater, and you know they weren't all that great last year at Bridgewater as well. Uh, shit, not Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Uh, even with Lamar Jackson last year, they weren't that good. Syracuse dropped 51 on U- on UConn. Syracuse is four zero. I wonder if Syracuse gets in the top 25 now because they're looking good. You gotta love that. NC State took care of Marshall, so there you go. That wraps up the weekend of college football. Right? Right. So now let's go to the NFL. Because there's a bunch of games there. Obviously, the game of the... um, Hmm. Thursday night, we saw... Baker Mayfield come to uh, make his appearance as he had to replace Tyrod Taylor because he had a concussion. 
Baker did a hell of a job for Cleveland and moved the ball. He just he was confident. Basically, looked like the leader of the team in that game. I mean, he was he was quarterbacking these guys like he just, like he's been playing them with them for years. So Cleveland may have found our quarterback finally after several drafts. So good for them. And, you know, my pick them this weekend really suffered because there were just some games that, you know, they looked at, obviously on paper they were sure wins, but they told you otherwise. You know, when Minnesota and Buffalo was one of them, Josh Allen had a hell of a game. And, I, to be, I mean, he had a great game. But I wouldn't really expect this week in, week out from him because obviously he's got a lot of, growing to do but for him this was a good this was a big win for them I mean Minnesota was great Minnesota's a really good defense and they beat the crap out of Minnesota Minnesota dumped all my money on Kirk Cousins and Cousins isn't bad but he's he's just a he is actually a rich man's version of Brian Fitzpatrick he's just another sub 500 quarterback and he you know he had had plenty of offensive talent around him in Washington and they can never get over the, the barrier. But I'm sure they'll win games in Minnesota. It's just, uh, you know, it's not going to be what people want. Giants and Texans. Obviously, there's obviously I haven't turned on the radio for the Texans. And I'm sure the, the news stations are a meltdown this morning over you know, the Texans going 0-3 to start. Deshaun Watson's having struggles. It's mainly because teams have game film on him. And they know how to defend him now. J.J. Watt is back to his old form. I mean, the guy's back to you know being a badass. Barring an injury, barring any injury you know, of course. But the Giants, you know, they, they won another one. And Saquon Barkley had some nice runs and but the thing with him is he's behind a really bad offensive line and I'm not sure how long he's going to have. I mean, personally, if I'm him, I try to get the hell out of, I try to get the hell out of that, out of that off my team as quick as possible. Redskins beat the Packers, which was a shocker to me as well. I didn't think that was going to happen, but it did. Uh, Pat Mahomes is still in a tear and of course the 49ers are screwed because they dumped all that money on Jimmy Garoppolo and he put in, of course, Terrence's ACL on a play where he probably should just ran out of bounds. I don't know why he was trying to stay inbounds. But, um, yeah, but Jimmy Go, he gets to collect his paycheck and, of course, he's hurt for the year. I mean, it's a good thing he gets the rest, but I guess it sucks for 49ers because they dumped all that money on him and now they're pretty much screwed as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And, you know, now there's a, uh, there's a you know, vocal group who wants Colin Kaepernick to come back. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, the, the door is open for him to come back, as I was reading. But the 49ers kind of moved on without it, moved on from him. And not to mention, Kaepernick has a collusion case against the NFL. And that's one thing people tend to forget about. As um, 
Kaepernick has a collusion case still with the NFL. With the NFL. So if Kaepernick tries to you know, inquire or sign with a team, it's going to kill. It's going to kill his case. So basically, if a team signs, if he signs with a team, his case goes out the window because the collusion is going after that. But yeah. I mean, he was obviously on a de- after the Super Bowl. His he, he it seemed like he was on a decline after that. But people love stats and love throwing things in your face, and that's an. But the bottom line is, the guy should obviously still have a job in the NFL. Whether you know, at least as a backup somewhere. Dolphins are three and zero, which shocks the hell out of me. But good for them. I mean, that's a you know shocking you know development there. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but they hey hats off to them. Uh, Colts and Eagles. Carson Wentz comes back, and it's business as usual. Obviously, Colts defense is looking a lot better, and eventually Andrew Luck's gonna come back. I mean, he weighs back, but game back to his old form is gonna be interesting. Titans beat the Jaguars nine to six, and I tell you what, I thought I thought I had a killer Fanduel lineup, and it was it went to hell. Ad Bortles is my QB because I thought he would uh, he would do a number on the Titans. Obviously, this guy wants to get in my lane, and well, I guess he's not going to get over now. I think there's one thing that irks me about, you know, these type of things is, as I look behind me, there's a whole bunch of real estate where they can actually merge in, but they are very hard up about just go, getting in front of you for some reason, as if it's going to get them anywhere faster. Jack-offs. But yeah, Mike Vrabel beat, uh, yeah, he beat um, J- the Jacksonville without freaking Blaine Gabbert, which makes, uh, which probably makes uh, the Texans fans even more pissed off because... This Titans team isn't good. Their coach was a horrible offensive defensive coordinator. That's that. Rams are three and zero. Cowboys lost one. Patriots lost the Lions, and you know a lot of people are going to say. You know a lot of people are saying that pretty much. Bill Belichick probably did his old buddy, old little buddy, little buddy favor to lay down for them, which I don't. I doubt that. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be up as, uh, you know, all the time. You know, New England's obviously going through growing pains right now. And usually they always, they always write the ship and they end up, they end up finishing, you know, 12 and 4. So I'm not really worried about it. I find a lot of times in New England, if they, if they, if they know they're going to play a team later in the year, especially in the playoffs, they'll lose to them or lay down to them to see, you know, just to get uh, whatever film they have and fix it later. Alright, Steelers play tonight, and uh, you know I'm sure a lot of people are betting heavily with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's not, I mean, he's doing pretty well, but the thing with Fitzpatrick is, he's going to be a really serviceable quarterback as long as you have weapons around him, 
I mean, he'll have two really good games. Or he'll have one really good game. And then he'll have three or four shitty ones. I mean, the guy... You'll get 10-6 and six at best with him. And that's that. So, I, I like the Steelers to win the night. I think they will, they'll do it. They'll take care of business. And get, 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 a, get a W in the column. Because they really need it. As far as baseball goes, the Pirates are wrapping up their season. Their three games are at 500 this late in the year, and you know what? It's a shame the fans didn't show up this season because the Pirates actually put a halfway decent product on the field. I mean, sure, it wasn't playoff. They weren't. They didn't make the playoffs, but it was still a decent product. It was competitive baseball, and well, there you go. I mean. It's it's a, it's a, it's one of those things. It's one of those catch twenty twos, I guess. Oh well, guys, I'm done rambling. Hell in a pit. Bye.